I think maybe in a sense, like being self-aware enough that like, I'm never going to be the world's greatest graphic designer, but I can be the world's best boss or like shepherd of graphic designers um, is really motivating. Cause I'm just like, I want you to be better than me. I want mm. you to go farther than I ever could. Like someday I'll be the old dinosaur that someone's like, she should get out of here. She doesn't know anything about the new platforms. Yeah. And I just want, you know, you, you try to build a legacy and try to build an environment that like fosters the creativity. Hello and welcome back to Creative Minds. This is episode three and I am delighted to welcome Sarah Hiraki. Welcome, Sarah. Sarah is creative director at Smartly. Um, you, I don't know why I'm saying it like you are. Um, <laughs> she is a digital marketing expert with specialist subjects, kind of um, content creation, influencer marketing, Gen Z comms, <laughs> is that right? Sure, I'll take that, yeah? yeah. Okay. Thanks for having me, great um, to Welcome, what I'd love <laughs> to start with, Sarah, is could you just give me the kind of quick overview of your career to date? Because oh, wow. I know you've got to the dizzying heights of creative director, I know you've got a bit of a design background, and I'd love, not too quickly, but I'm not gonna say very quickly, I'd love to kind of just hear that journey. Sure. Because it's, it's, I guess it's not typical, it's not unusual, but I think it's obviously hopefully gonna be an interesting story. Yeah, so often when I'm talking to people who work in creative, especially in like digital marketing, there's like a little quip around the office, like no one grew up wanting to do digital marketing. No one grew up and was like, I'm gonna make ads. But I did. Um, I've loved advertising since I was a little kid. My dad used to like quiz me on um, like radio and, car and cartoon like jingles and like the grocery store jingles and stuff. And really? He what? Would, so they'd play and he'd ask Yeah, you. he would like hum them and then I would have to identify them and he would have me sing them to like the grocery store checkout lady. <laughs> and like I <laughs> really am a weird freak for advertising. Okay. So I loved art as a kid and got really into computers. I grew up. Um, you know, in Seattle in the 90s. Just so, to, so back to those jingles. Yeah. Any standout favorites I from mean, that time you were growing up? So, gosh, I'm a big fan of jingles. Um, there's some regional like grocery stores in uh, in Washington State. Um, uh, what's on your list today? You'll find it at Fred Meyer, and then just like the whole, the whole thing. I love it. Fred Meyer. Yeah, okay. Fred I'm Meyer. Look that up. You can buy anything there. <laughs> They do a lot of coupons. So <laughs> and a my great family, jingle. My yeah. family was a fan. Yeah, they had a, just really smooth tunes. They were they were putting out in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So then, uh, yeah, grew up loving art and graphic design. Got into like the world of early Photoshop through um, my sister had pi pirated a copy of Photoshop Seven. Maybe when we were kids, when we first got the internet, and she and I used it to make various like anime fan sites and you know, things like that, which is of course like the best graphic design training anyone can get. Um, and then I got really into student journalism when I was in school. And then that led me down the path of like professional graphic design, like this could be a real career. Um, I got my first internship uh, at a place called Blast Radius, um, which was in Seattle and our main customer was Starbucks. So okay. I did production design for Starbucks um, as my first job out of university. Was that, Mainly prints or digital. Always digital. All digital. I've I've done maybe four or five print ads in my entire career. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so yeah, it's all digital from there. A lot of production design, a lot of like grinding, you know, kind of repetitive tasks, but you really right. cut your teeth doing it. Um, and then I moved on to do some freelance work. I did some like YouTube stuff with some friends, some very like, we're going to make some stuff go viral, you know, with friends, um, in my twenties. Um, any hits? We did a, gosh, it's a weird, it's a weird one. So when the Mars Curiosity Rover landed oh, yeah. successfully, we did a parody video of, <laughs> there's an Australian safety campaign called Dumb Ways to Die, which recently also got picked up and, and got really popular on TikTok again. So back when it originally came out, we did a parody video called Cool Things to Find about all the things that Curiosity might find on Mars. Okay. Um, made a song, I did all the illustrations, that went viral, and then we got invited to like JPL, like to, to go see oh, wow. the this lab and stuff. Uh, I met the NASA uh, Mohawk guy, he was like the, the viral celebrity at the time, so that's, you know, that's really when I peaked, I would say. But, yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that was kind of, you were working at Blast Radius, and that was a bit of a kind of just a bit of fun. Just bit with of friends, a, not yeah. Not even a side hustle, just, Totally. You know, yeah. I remember like doing the illustrations for it over like Thanksgiving break because that was right around the time when when that was all happening. And yeah, so just like doing so projects with friends. Not in work time is what you're saying. Yeah, just chilling, just in yeah. my pajamas. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I kind of continued working. I worked at um, Essence, which is an agency um, in Seattle, and then was there for ages working with a bunch of different customers, eBay and Ross and a bunch of other like American companies. Um, and then I moved over to London about seven, eight years ago um, with Essence um, to join the creative team over here. Uh, and then, yeah, it's, it's kind of all been from there. So uh, more recently, I uh, joined AdLib, which was a startup um, founded by some friends who were also ex-Essence. Um, we were a um, creative management platform that worked heavily with with Google, YouTube, and, and those kinds of ad formats. I joined them as creative director two years ago. Um, since then, we've been acquired by Smartly, um, which is now where I work. And um, now I'm running uh, APAC and EMEA um, creatively for, for Smartly. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, I mean, first of all, congratulations. Thank it you. It feels like it's you know, a, a rocket ship ride of a career. Um, and I guess only down to talent and passion for what you do, um, which is, is it's really nice to hear. And it's kind of inspiring as well just you know doing what you love loving what you do balancing it work and outside of work as well I mean I know that you're prolific on TikTok as well at the moment and I guess that ties into that kind of you know work and out of work can I call it a balance is it a balance do you find oh, that is it like it's do you either, call it a work-life balance or is it just yeah, types of work. it's either super well balanced or so far unbalanced that I wouldn't even be able to find the life anymore or the work because they're so intertwined. Um, my spouse also works at Smartly. Um, we were kind of partners um, in our previous agency. Then he did this startup with our other friend and partners as in creative partners. Or? Uh, kind of just like like work buddies okay. uh, and kind of like he and I would work on pitches together. Um, he was on the media side and I was on the creative side. And so we kind of had this like creative synergy a yeah, little bit okay. in that way. Um, and then, yeah, when I joined um, AdLib, now Smartly, um, we're kind of running our own separate departments and working yeah. together. So it's us and the dog every day in the office. And this, yeah. this is what I wish I'm taking notes because of already what you said, there's so many things I want to ask you. <laughs> like 
the move from the US to the UK, like kind of want to talk about the difference sure. in creative styles, um, but also like your whole kind of move into TikTok yeah. is also finding really fascinating. And I've kind of watching some of your content or a lot of your content. Um, so also so want to talk about that. So I'm not <laughs> sure what to do first, but let's let's try not to get too far ahead and just go back a little bit to that that shift coming from the US to the UK sure. with work. H- had you been to the UK before? I actually lied in my job interview and said I had. Because <laughs> um, yeah. I was 25. I had never been out of North America before. Right. Um, had a passport? I did, but only to go to Canada. Okay. <laughs> for, 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 what's, it, what's it? Chips and yeah. poutine? Yeah. All, all dress chips, uh, yeah. beer when you're 18. Yeah. So that's a plus. Okay, uh, yeah. And hanging out yeah um so i had my job interview with you know the other office within my agency group and they were like oh you're you're gonna this is a big move have you ever been there before and i was like oh yeah i got loads of friends i've got such a strong support network in london London. yeah Yeah, like spent that i got the job spent my first christmas alone Uh. like i got a little house plant (laughs) decorated it for myself and saved like a bill murray christmas special for for that day, so I had something to like open, and uh, <laughs> it was yeah. like it would have been depressing if I so wasn't what, did you so move excited. At Christmas time, then I moved uh, October uh, okay. 2015. Yeah. Right, um, yeah. I mean, London in October. London at Christmas is great. How did like how, kind of outside of like professional career? How did you find that that move? Um, it was stressful, and I think I kind of went into like a, a fugue state during all of the admin of moving. Um, there's so much paperwork. There's so much moving of my possessions. And of course, my family was like a bit traumatized because their their baby daughter was leaving the country forever. And yeah. um, so it was intense. But I was like so determined, like so kind of single mindedly focused to move. Um, and part of it was kind of out of like spite. I was like, I'm going to just I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the kid from my high school that like moved that, to that, Europe. That made it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, God, good for you. I can't, I can't. It's a big <laughs> move, age 25. Brave. So then you'd been at Essence um, in the US, came to Essence London. What what was the difference? Like, was it like same agency, same vibe, or did it feel totally different? It was really different. Was it? Yeah, because uh, Essence London was the mothership, so the founders were still working there, and it was people that had been at the company for ages, and um, Essence Seattle was um, originally a company called Point Reach, specialized in mobile advertising. They were acquired. So we right. were always kind of the satellite office. So coming to the mothership was very exciting. And, um, you know, the, the company culture was super strong. There was this kind of renewed sense of excitement about creative. And um, they kind of just threw me into a bunch of stuff, mm. you know. And yeah. you went, it, so you were a copywriter at this stage? Yeah, I was doing a bit of everything. Okay. I realized, like, with graphic design, I was like, I don't know if I'll ever become like a 10 out of 10 master graphic designer. I'm like, I'm a good designer. I know what I'm talking about. But I was like, I think what I want to do is broader than just being, you know, the ultimate graphic designer. Because I think your brain has to be a little bit wired differently to be yeah. like, shapes are my thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, which I love, but yeah. I don't think I'll ever hit the, you know, the mountaintop. So I kind of broadened out and started doing a lot more creative strategy, a lot of like social media writing for customers if they wanted that. And it kind of branched out into into writing as more of a thing as well. So I was mm. doing a little bit of a little bit so of what, what what year is this? 2015, 2016. Okay. Yeah. So like it's it's an exciting time 
for yeah. social social content, social media Completely. brands are trying to catch up. Would They're, that be fair to yeah, say? Yeah, pouring it? money into yeah. it. And I'd come from a um, like an open web display background. You know, all the conversations at the time were about you know, is the cookie going to die? Which we're still, we're still having that conversation. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we're shifting from a world where you can buy ad space mm. to when you have to start earning ad space or you have to, you know, the, the things around like native advertising and this quite like tricksy world of how do we make things not look like ads. And it was a lot of that kind of era of creative. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, uh, you know, add that to the list, which had a pen so I guess, um, I mean, that's a whole other thing. And, and it flip-flops, doesn't it? Totally, totally. And that's definitely something I want to unpick your your brain on, like kind of TikTok ads, look and feel, what works, what doesn't work. But let's, let's come back to that. So just culturally, creative culturally in, in the um, moving to Essence from, from the US, like how did it work in terms of just the creative process? Like, was it different? A little bit. We were a pretty lean team um, still when I joined. So I was doing a lot of things by myself or just with my creative director um, and like kind of, you know, he would literally have us like sit on the floor and like, you know, draw on paper and do like the real creative stuff, yeah. which was fun because I'd been in um, digital at that point for so long that I don't know if I'd touched a piece of paper in, in a while. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, he was great. Um, Andy Vizi, because he would really um, kind of force me to do things the traditional way. Um, which I was, I was so used to just launching into digital tools, you know, right. round one was near the finished product, um, that, that he really like promoted the journey of like a real, real creative or like traditional creative process, which was great. Um, I got really into like design thinking and we, we took courses in that and kind of unpicking the, the why and how of, of mm, doing creative. Okay. Um, because we were a small creative team that sat within a media agency. And so everyone else was figuring out budgets and measurement and tracking and and audiences and how can we scrape your you know name rank and serial number from your desktop so we can serve you the right pair of shoes you know yeah. um, and we were trying to tell a story which is a tough thing to do in that context mm. other than saying like hey James how do you like your shoes yeah buy these shoes now please um, so we were trying to fight this battle and really advocate for a more not traditional but a more considered way of, of doing things creatively, right. which is really something I've kind of taken with me mm. on the way. Yeah. And and in terms of that process, that's that's still with you. I mean, are you getting the pen and paper out on a regular oh, basis yeah. or totally. Yeah. I really believe in in doing things that way still. I keep a paper notepad. I don't even use like task management stuff right. personally. Like um just like a good way of like kind of grounding out your process. Because um, I think like you know, you're talking about with digital tools and the first one's close to the, the final piece. And I think, I mean, definitely from where I'm coming from, it's very easy to, when you've got the brief, jump to, it's going to look like this and it's going to do that yeah. without necessarily thinking, well, hang on, what's the message? You know, we, we, we hopefully we don't know anymore. We, we used to often make the mistake of we'd get a brief and we're like, we're going to do this technique. It's going to be yeah. awesome. It will look great. And it's... Now we're a bit more like, okay, actually, it's not necessarily all about the technique. That might get us excited from a production perspective, mm -hmm. but actually it might not be right for this brief. And I think by going back those steps, getting the pen and paper out, looking at the the what, the why, mm -hmm. it's totally the right way of doing it. Totally. But 
but it's so tempting. And yeah. I work for a software company. Mm. So my goal is to get my clients to use and love the tools to the best you know, possible yeah, capability, right. but we have to take them on that journey through something that they'll really understand and that will work well for real people who you know see ads at the end of the day. Mm. Marketers now, we're looking at dashboards of hundreds or thousands of different combinations of creative and we're looking at all these things. Your audience is really only gonna see one. And so if that one at the very end of the production line you know, doesn't come off the right way, yeah. then the whole thing can be spoiled. Like I've had entire campaigns um, you know, at, at previous agencies, we've we've had uh, CMOs spouses take a screenshot of their brand, and they're like, "I don't like this." Entire campaign gets cut um, just because of that one. Yeah, um, yeah. When I, I used to tell this story, um, it was like a really depressing, like motivational talk. I used to give to my creative teams. There's this uh, YouTube channel that talks about like famous disasters, and my favorite one is oh, I'm gonna forget the details now. I think what's, it's like what's the channel called? Uh, it's called Fascinating Horror. Okay, and it's my favorite thing. Sounds right. Up um, <laughs> yeah. So, I can't. I think it was in like the Twin Cities. It was somewhere in America. Maybe it was Chicago. I don't know. It was somewhere in America on the Great Lakes. Yeah. And we'll link it somewhere. They did the largest ever. I'm going to totally butcher the details. Did they went for a world record of the largest ever um, launch of balloons? Oh, uh, I think it's Chicago. I've um, yeah yeah I've yes. heard this story. Yeah. And. Uh, they did this balloon release, but they weren't aware that the wind was going to blow a certain way. And so the balloon started landing in the river. But then at this exact point, two people who were out fishing capsized and their life jackets were the same bright colors as the balloons. And so it took ages to find them. And I think they yeah, might have passed away. Yeah. Yeah. So like I tell that story to like people working in my team when we're doing, you know, thousands, millions of impressions. And I'm just like one impression could make the difference a positive way, or it could be enormously detrimental if you're not careful with what you're putting out there. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Slightly morbid analogy. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm a fun boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of like, you're talking about running the team. I mean, a huge role of creative director is kind of being off the, the tools and running the team. Mm. Um, for someone like yourself, I get the thing that, that you love creating. I know you're obviously you're running your TikTok channel, which is hugely mm -hmm. successful and growing. We're going to get onto that, but also do your illustrations. You're kind of a, feels like a prolific creator. You just want to make stuff. How do you find being off the tools and having to kind of run the team? I actually love it. Okay. Um, I use more of my creative muscles like as you said either you know off tools or in my personal time um but i like i really love letting other people bring their own flavor to things i've been working by myself or in a super small team for so long that actually having people to work with is really mm. really great it's one of those weird things that like you get promoted to creative director by being a good graphic designer and then senior designer and then art director and the the roles like the tools you need to be a good people manager or coach are completely different from the ones you need to be a good artist. And yeah. I think maybe in a sense, like being self-aware enough that like, I'm never going to be the world's greatest graphic designer, but I can be the world's best boss or like shepherd of graphic designers um, is really motivating. Cause I'm just like, I want you to be better than me. I want mm. you to go farther than I ever could. Like someday I'll be the old dinosaur that someone's like, 
she should get out of here. She doesn't know anything about the new platforms. Yeah. And I just want, you know, you you try to build a legacy and try to build an environment that like fosters the creativity and like Oh, that's the sound bite. That's the sound. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, um, no, that, that's, yeah, that's like, really put your ego aside. Yeah, I've I've put. worked with so many wonderful creative leaders who have been really generous with their time and their information and you know letting you pitch the big sexy client so that you get you know shouted out in the company meeting and i've also worked with people who are really selfish and what take all the credit yeah and it's like it's not about you it's about the brand you're working for and it's about doing work together as a team so Mm. i try to bring like ted lasso energy rather than you know yeah the hot guy that is grumpy. Yeah, I think, um, yeah. yeah, everyone should be a bit more Ted Lasso. Gotta, gotta get into it. Yeah. Which also works because I'm an American goofing around yeah. in a, a London office. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. Got the uh, peanut butter open on the counter there. Yeah, just, <laughs> you know, crying alone in my apartment and then coming and being really fun yeah, in the office. Pa- painting the smile yeah. on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's a nice image. It really reminds me of that story. Tell that first Christmas. <laughs> yeah, just very yeah, Charlie Charlie Browning by myself. But um, yeah. but yeah, it's part of the ride. So um, how do you find kind of motivating your the younger creative team? Is that, I know it's a, it feels like the, the difference in the working environment probably from when you started or even when you moved to the UK, which mm-hmm. you know, career-wise isn't that long ago, but you know, we've been through a lot in terms of the pandemic, new ways of working, hybrid, new platforms, different, you know, tools. Like it's a very different landscape. Like how how can how would you say you've kind of navigated that and what wisdom do you impart to your younger teams oh, and kind wow. of the, the younger your the, your younger self almost? Yeah. I mean a lot of my direct reports are older than me or the same age as me, so I always feel like okay. you crazy kids. That's interesting, yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, generally, like the kids are very all right. Like they're they're crushing it. They're gonna mm. bury us all soon. Um, but they're also like very impatient. I think kind of going back to the tools and the final product thing, um, and really driven in terms of their careers. I think there's a, a stereotype about you know people in their you know late teens and twenties now being like, oh, they don't care about anything. They just want to be influencers and yeah. you know eat bonbons all day and post dance videos. But um, you know, young people that that put their mind to something are much more powerful than I think a lot of people maybe in their thirties and forties will give them credit for. And, um, as a people manager of younger people, especially younger creative people get out of the way, you know, like they have all these tools. They're so much more sophisticated and in things like content creation, like using AI tools and things like that. Like it raises the floor on what, that first draft or, you know, that first expression looks like Mm. I had to spend five years resizing banner ads. Uh, now I work for a company that automates that. Um, and this next generation won't even have to, I don't know, go photograph their own content to, to make a pitch deck or to prove a point they can automate that type into a prompt. Yeah. And so your, your person who's been in the industry for five years has the potential to have expressed so many more important creative ideas and played more roles at once, you know, been a strategist, been a, an artist, been a creator, been a filmmaker, and they just can do it in a much more accelerated format than I ever could, mm. even though I was using, you know, Photoshop and, yeah. and doing things. Which at the time was probably, oh, it was there magic. was someone else looking at you using Photoshop and like, 
Well, it's a bit yeah. of a dark toolbox there. Hundred percent. Amazing. Don't yeah. understand it. Am I scared of it? It's, I made friends with all the like pre Facetune. I made friends with all the cheerleaders at my high school because I would Photoshop their pimples out of their photos <laughs> for MySpace. Yeah. So yeah, I was a wizard back then, yeah. and like I never forget about how I felt, and I was like, I'm good at this. I'm 14. I'm awesome, and I'm like, I don't want people to lose that when they're 24 and they work for me, and I'm like, you have to do it with a pencil. Yeah. You know, like it's important to learn those things, but yeah, do I try you, to just do you get think out of there way. are obviously all these new tools, new technologies, being able to kind of do stuff better quicker. But do you think we're losing anything? Like are there skills that are being overlooked or lost or not not kind of even learnt in the first place? I think there definitely are. Like I did things like um, calligraphy, darkroom photography, mm. printmaking, you know, all of these things that are really useful to understand where these techniques came from, like vignetting is not something you just do in Photoshop. Vignetting comes from using yeah. it larger and you know, like it's really yeah. important to learn that. And I'm a big like art history so I understanding person. Why the filters are called that. Yeah. Because of a actual process yeah. or technique. Dodging and or burning. Even a piece of hardware. Doing yeah. an overlay. Um, why we add dust and speckles to, to you know, it's wild like all those aesthetics coming back and you know it's it's just the way art moves it mm. kind of like wrinkles and and stretches and um patterns in in what's trending will always kind of get mushed up um so it's i don't know it's uh we're we are definitely losing a lot of the handcraft but i also wasn't that good like i did typo typography courses in my university with a ruler and a pencil and and like a tube of gouache and i Hated what? it. Gouache. like paint. I okay. hated it. And I was like, I know how to use Photoshop. This seemed like it wasn't a waste of time because it was very humbling. Yeah. But I was like, th these these are limiting. There's a reason they're not the industry standard. If there was one process that you could ask or recommend or make your kind of team go through that perhaps you've gone through, what what would it be? As a learning that's experience, a, yeah, that's a good not question. just because you can. I think um, like lo-fi product design, things like that, like designing a process and getting someone to do a behavior um, is one of the hardest but most what interesting you mean by things. Behavior? So, like um, in you know, in design thinking, you're looking at um, people's behavior, you're looking at workarounds people are using, and then diagnosing those, building a tool that will right. leverage that. So, I think that like psychological and kind of strategic. Thing is probably the thing I would be the most sad if we lost. Um, the artistic techniques, you know, certainly kind of give or take them depending, but I would like highly encourage all of my designers or all my advertiser colleagues to take a step back into like the world of psychology, you know, of uh, process management, like all of those things that we yeah. learn from, yeah. So where, where that sounds great. I mean, yeah. where, where do I start? I mean, uh, it's like design thinking courses, reading up on like IDEO uh, case studies about, um, you know, the way people have solved problems in interesting ways. I think it's like, it's that true creative thinking, that outside the box thinking that's really important. Mm -hmm. um, there are tons of resources and, you know, playbooks and little tools about it and the, you know, the different colored hats analogies and all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, you kind of you kind of need an, an old person in the room that remembers that, that those knows. or has yeah. you know experienced them to to clue you in. Yeah, 
So do you feel that having that old person in the room, so to speak, <laughs> is lost a bit with hybrid working? Like, what's your current setup and how does that impact training, teaching, the kind of younger up-and-coming mm. creatives? Do you feel they're out on their own so can perhaps do more on their own and that's a good thing? Or are they kind of missing, you know, just hearing conversations around the office? Yeah, I think for especially younger people or people who are looking to upskill, being in person with people really like, I love wearing sweatpants at home and, you know, second screening, but you, you have to put in the work and, and be in person. So at Smartly, we're hybrid working. We're doing two days in the office and, and the rest of our time in the office or at home, depending on what works mm. out, um, which I think is a good balance. Um, yeah. I think the... You're running a, a global team. Yeah. So even if you're in the office, you're talking to someone through a screen anyway. Almost all of my direct reports are in different time zones from me as well. Right. So yeah, I'm constantly just on on calls with them and corresponding at different times that work for work for them. Um, but yeah, I like, it's, it's hard because it just becomes about the motivations. I guess like going back to that earlier point of, um, you have to motivate people to do things independently and they have to want to do it and they have to feel like there's a good reason to do it. So if someone doesn't know how to do something, they can call you or they can spend time with you in the office and overhear it, or they can just look it up themselves. Like there's so many resources. And I think it's it's just about finding the motivational factors for different folks, which are, you mm. know, we all have different things that motivate us. For some people, it's very simple and it's like, you know, financial-based rewards. It's work after all, and that's why we do it. You know, for some people, it's very different. It's about growth and learning and experiences, and you want to try and cultivate, like, a good balance of those things. And for me, especially managing people across regions and um, even across disciplines, it's just, like, unlocking what motivates them and trying to tailor have you got yeah. any advice to people that manage, you know, one, 10, 20, however many people to help them unlock those motivations? Yeah. Just ask the questions. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> Just like I've really, uh, especially recently, we've restructured our teams and I've taken on a lot of people who are quite senior, who I respect very much. And I'm mm. like, it almost seems silly that you report to me, but here we go. And I'm going to do my best by you. Um, and so like having the humility to ask people how they're feeling, what they need. Like I, I said recently to, to someone, I was like, can you write me like a ransom list of demands and I'll do my best to work with you to try and achieve them. Like, you know, whatever it is, we can try and figure that out. And um, yeah, just like- We were secretly hoping they would have cut it out from newspaper. Yeah, for, oh my gosh. <laughs> or like it's in code and I have to like yeah. Zodiac killer yeah. it. That would be, I mean, that would be <laughs> classic By the way, we've him. got your dog. What? Yeah. They're like, I have Dougie and I, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, figure, figuring yeah. that part out and, um, Bring me the and, red <laughs> and like following through, just like, if you say you're going to do something, if you say you're going to send an email to HR, if you say you're going to ask a question the next, you have Get to it do done. it. Yeah. The second you don't do it, it's like, you know, trust is broken. Yeah. 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 And you know, the more people you've got, that's it's, it's time, isn't it? Yeah. To do. Write everything down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On paper. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about TikTok. Yeah. So, can I call you? Are you would you say your influencer status? <sighs> like where? What, I, what's what's the kind of? I don't know how influential I am. I think I, I usually say content creator because okay. I make content stuff. Credit. Yeah. Um, I yeah. prefer that. Yeah. So, just going back a step, people that you know 
are watching this and aren't familiar with you, what would you, what's the kind of elevator pitch of your, the kind of TikToks that you make? Yeah, um, I, I make educational content on TikTok that usually has a lens of diversity, um, art and advertising, um, or uh, I guess like ethics and, and linguistics. So a lot of just things that I find interesting that I also think are helpful, especially mm. for young women navigating the world of media, art, culture, and the workplace. And it's, this is your opportunity for a plug. Yeah, uh, I'm at Sarah Hiraki. All my socials are just my name. Oh, and the channel is <laughs> Learn Something with Sarah. And you can, yeah, hang out with me there. So specifically on TikTok, rather than some of your other channels, what point did you think, okay, I'm going to do something. It's going to be Learn Something with Sarah. And I'm going to do this, this, and this. Or was it more kind of organic? It kind of was. So um, during the pandemic, I... Um, switch jobs and that also meant sending my visa application um, to live in the UK and work in the UK back to um, the visa office, which of course was slammed and also we were in a pandemic, so things were really slow. Um, so I had an amazing like career break for about four or five months, um, which was great because I've been been hustling for so long. Yeah. Um, and well, so- you don't get to where you are without hustling. Yeah, so I took a nice break. I, you know, okay. I definitely during the pandemic. Yeah. I just played animal crossing on the couch for a good several weeks, <laughs> yeah. um, in my pajamas. And yeah. then I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I tried to become a TikToker? Cause my friends know me as like habitually uncool and, um, some, a somewhat kind of grandma like out of touch millennial. Um, you know, I don't wear the really? right shape of jeans. Okay. Right. Um, oh, I've changed my whole life. Yeah. I'm very cool now, but, yeah. um, <laughs> although is this a good time to say that the dress story from oh yeah no I was wearing, how cool I, you are I was wearing my dress inside out until we sat down yeah, to so I arrived today with um, dress on inside out which yeah, was yeah. first time on Gen the yeah, podcast you know. well, we're only episode three so maybe it you could know, be a signature thing for maybe you know. this is this is your opportunity just this yeah. becomes a, a whole other kind of inside thing out, yeah. yeah um that's a great metaphor for my whole approach to all of this <laughs> yeah. um yeah so my friends know that kind of I fall down. Uh, yeah, I just, I'm very weird, whatever. Um, and so I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I became like a TikTok baddie and, you know, was extremely cool. And so I issued myself a challenge. I was like, I, I know enough about marketing. I'm a competent creative person. And I was like, I'm going to try and be brave and, and do this. So I issued myself a challenge and I was like, I'm going to post the recommended amount and I'm in the recommended kind of cadence and, and style. I'm going to do all the things they tell you to do. I'm going to find my niche. I'm going to use my own face and my own identity. I'm going to, you know, carve out this thing. And I'm going to see if I, if I can do it. Because if, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And then I can, yeah. I just want to quickly interject there. So you said brave. I thought it was really interesting. So I was terrified. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so why was that? Um, oh, I, I mean, I'm saying why. I can understand why, but yeah, it's, I think it's really important that you kind of that we pick up on it because there might be a lot of people out there that want to do more and raise their profile on, you know, whatever channel, even you know LinkedIn or. But I think so often people are scared to do it. Yeah, and they're scared to put their self out there and scared to fail or try something new. Mm. Why did you use the word brave there? I mean, all of those things, it's, uh, I was using my own identity and my own interests, so it was gonna be very personal. Mm. I knew I couldn't, you know, put on an act or develop a character, or, you know, 
do something. I needed yeah. to do something that I could realistically achieve in my apartment, posting three to five times a day every day for. That, that's the recommendation. That was the it? cadence. Three if you want to grow, if you want to grow, yeah. yeah. And so it was. What can I do? You know, I have to speak from the heart. I have to use things I know. I have to do my own research. I have to do this. Yeah. And um, yeah. If if you ever want to be humbled extremely very much um put your whole heart into a project on tiktok and then let teenagers make fun of you because um, i got the most creative feedback i would say in like a condensed period of time that i've ever received in my life um your audio is too loud your audio is too soft um you're weird um why are you trying so hard um i already knew that you got that fact wrong just the most feedback wow. and a lot of it well-meaning but it's yeah. it's still very humbling to have a committee yeah. of people online I like that it was yeah. audio okay i'm gonna get the mic right okay it's too high okay, i'm gonna fix the levels you're weird okay <laughs> what's the fix yeah or just I'm like weird a, or a, don't, you don't fix yeah it. a 14 year old just commenting something like cringe <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm an adult woman yeah. with a retirement account. And who are you? You know, and you yeah. and your your knee jerk reaction is just like, who what the hell take are the time to just cringe? Yeah. And I'm just like, who the hell are you? You can't even drive, you know, and I'm yeah. just like your immediate reaction is just to be defensive. Yeah. And then I'm like, no, I'm in their space. I'm trying to play by their rules. Mm. All I can do is learn. You do say it is their space. Yeah. Young people invented this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent, and uh, it's it's growing and it's expanding. And you know, we've seen we know the stats like ancient people in their thirties and forties are doing very well on TikTok. Hope for me, yeah. Okay, um, but yeah, you know, the space I was trying to unlock was mm. a space owned by these other people, mm. and so I had to participate in a certain way. And, I guess you yeah. have something that they want or need or could benefit from. Yeah. I your kind of career experience and your perspective on digital marketing. So that was, so you, you realized that and then kind of were like, right, this is going to be the niche I'm going to talk about. Yeah. I, it w I started with um, like a series of um, things, things I wish I knew at a pub quiz. So breaking down, like um, if someone mentions opera, what are the good guesses that you can, you can do based on different things? Um, facts about the president's art history, you know, if you go to a museum and you see this type of brushstroke. Right, so it's kind of like a crash it? course in just a topic in case you're in a pub, in yeah. case you're at that pub quiz table and it comes up. Totally. And then okay. it expanded like to... Um, was that just based on what you knew or you did some research? Yeah. Or? Well, I was also auditioning for Mastermind at the time. So I was doing a lot of general knowledge brush up. Yeah. I'm fascinating. Right. Um, yeah. So like I'm not going to have long enough. <laughs> just doing... not to jump around too much. <laughs> yeah. Specialist subject was? Ariana Grande, RuPaul's Drag Race, and the musicals of Stephen Sondheim. Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't got a single yeah. question on any of those I'm extremely, extremely cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Back to TikTok. Back so to I was TikTok. Out of my death with, death with Mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, you know, the, the series kind of naturally expanded, which was really interesting to, like, creatively be a part of. So I started with a very, like, rigid, like, five max you should know, you know very like okay because i was like What's kind of series based yeah or? and then um expanded into um how to win any argument that did really well um and that was i kind of focused it particularly on arming young people you know people of color especially like in the workplace you know you're around a boardroom table and someone is like no where we don't do that here. you know like yeah. how do how do you use logic um uh unpacking logical fallacies how do you use language to like cut through 
the BS that that one offer, often encounters. Um, and yeah, and then a lot of commentary on, you know, race, gender, and and politics through the lens of art and media, and um, yeah, I just kind of kind of went for it, and yeah. people seem to like it. And what? So first, I find the the kind of benchmark of five TikToks a day. I mean, I can't even do five fruit and veg a day. Yeah. Like your five. So coming up with the concept, researching it, I guess scripting it, but maybe you're ad-libbing, you can let me know. And then actually shooting it, delivering it, uploading it, writing the post to upload it, thinking mm -hmm. of a cool emoji to go in it. Yep. It's it's a lot. I mean, we we are better. We're obviously creating content all day and it's... It's hard work. It's exhausting. Yeah. I'm exhausted. Just it's a lot. It was a full-time job. People that think oh, job. TikTok is throwaway, it's not. Oh no, it's not. And well, it's, the type of stuff that you're doing is not. I'm it's sure a it's a are. hungry machine too. Like you just have to feed that thing. Whether you're a individual person or a brand, it's like so hungry for content. Um, so what's, yeah. What's the process to to <laughs> manage that? Because it's there's a a huge amount of work that needs to be yeah. done daily. Yeah. Is that weekends as well? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Every single day. I mean, would you have a spreadsheet? What were we, where were you at? I did. I have this massive Google Doc that at this point is like 67 pages long or something like that. And I would I would script, I would type out scripts for my videos because um, I because I was getting so much feedback, I was also very afraid to put a toe out of line content wise. I made sure everything I said was was on lock, mm. um, you know, factually correct. I was citing sources, you know, I was doing it was just desk wow. research, but yeah. I was, you know. And I had to include personality and I had to have a hook and I had to have a reason. Um, this was before auto captioning was available on TikTok as well. Right. So I had to type all of my um, scripts and then copy and paste them into the, I was using the native TikTok app to edit. Okay. Um, all I did was think about TikToks, scroll TikTok, save. Um, I very rarely actually like saved a sound and then just made a video against okay. a sound. Um, yeah, it was just all original content for the most That's part. That's insane. Yeah. And do you know how many you've made since starting? Oh, I don't actually know how many videos I put. It's a lot. It it must be. I mean, I was I was doing that very intense three to five a day for at least fifty days or something wow. like that. Sixty and what days. Do you do, how many? What's the kind of cadence of it now? I was I was I took a break and then I was hitting like once a week and now it's just when I when I feel inspired or when I have something okay. relevant to say. Yeah. In terms of the the growth, the channel growth, was there a like a real tipping point, or has it just been a, a yeah. slow and steady? So, uh, the day Prince Philip died. Okay. Um, because on my channel we talk a lot about uh, you know race, power, etc. Um, and so everyone knows Prince Philip had many things to say about people um, with different skin tones and, mm. and backgrounds from himself, and also he's royalty. Uh, and he was recently, he died uh, minutes before I put, or minutes, yeah, before I posted. So he, the news broke that he died and I was like, cool, let's dunk on this guy. See you later. Yeah. Um, not a universally popular thing to do, um, but I knew it was right for my audience. And I also knew I was going to stand by the mm. content. So what I did was say, he's just passed away. Let's remember him with some memorable quotes. And then I just quoted him and I, I teed up all of his most offensive quotes about various people that he met in real life. Yeah, because um, there's a lot oh, of stories so many. and quotes like, that yeah. float around and do And so I just read them, cited where I got them from, 
and presented it. And then I said, rest in peace. And then I cut myself off before I called him a b- bad name. And then that, I put that up 20 minutes, half, half an hour after he was reported to have passed away. Um, and then that thing went nuts. That was my first like viral. Wow. Yeah. So how, what sort of um, views were getting? What were the like, comments like? Gosh, I want to say it was like two, three million views or something like that. And it was shared across other platforms. And um, my audience is overwhelmingly young people who kind of want to speak true truth to power. So they were like, yeah, right on. Yeah. See you later. And then the really funny comments, like, I think it was a hot Cheeto that killed him. And, you know, th- <laughs> think someone someone put too much black pepper on his food. That's what did it. Um, or, you know, he's a lizard person. That's always fun, too, like yeah. the conspiracy theories. And then a lot of people saying, how dare you? How dare you do this? How da- You know, think up of the queen, yeah. you know, which I didn't dunk on my girl Liz when she passed away because yeah. I have a semblance of yeah. respect. But, um, yeah, uh, I also found out through that that doing something controversial um, though I didn't intend it to be like, yeah, I'm gonna start fights in the comments. Mm. I certainly didn't engage with any of those people, but um, doing something that not everyone likes is a really effective way. You might have, you know, folks yeah. have different opinions of if that's a, the best way to go about it, but it's an effective way to get people to engage with your content. So that really brings me on to something that I was itching to ask is about recipe for success. So I imagine, I mean, you've, found success through hard work, you know, dedication and kind of resilience. Yeah, I don't know if is that for yeah. you fair. Yeah, totally. When, when when you're talking to brands in your with your professional hat on, um, and they're like, Okay, we wanna we wanna be on TikTok, we wanna reach a different audience, what do we do? I guess they can't be dunking on Prince Philip. Oh, they should and more the moment, often. That would be super gone. cool. Yeah. I mean what where do you start? Like, what do you say? Because, you know, I don't think the brands, a lot of the things you said you wanted to do, put your face in front, mm-hmm. you know, have personal experience, have your point of view, um, create five times a day. It's difficult for brands to kind of Very take those and be like, okay, yeah, they'll be watching this. I'm going to do everything that Sarah did and this is going to yeah. be great. Or... Like what? What? What's what's your advice to, yeah. to brands and creatives representing brands or people at agencies that are trying to help brands kind of elevate yeah. themselves? I think in a certain way you can just take the playbook that works for organic or, or independent okay. folks and, and do it. Like your face has to be on there. You need to have a, a recognizable identity mm. as a brand. Um, one of a the huge, things you know, yeah, Google, Levi's, Google. What's the face? It it can be the product. Um, right. it can be a behavior. So with Google, it's either searching or discovering or learning. And, you know, with Levi's, it's a great fit. It's a mm. texture. It's where you're taking your jeans, you know, whatever, figuring out an identity that works. Duolingo, great example, right? Like they have a mascot. They just put their mascot in, in strange and exciting yeah. situations. And that's, that's a good vehicle. So using your product or using something identifiable or someone like, you know, you might have I don't know, the, the Dos Equis interesting man or something like yeah. do that. Um, the old spice guy. Yeah. Or... Offer, offer people something of value. So I was teaching people something. They mm. wanted to learn something. I did the work for them so that they could have something interesting to either clap back to a professor or, a, you know, a, a partner or whoever. So offer them something valuable, whether it's 
um, I don't know, a styling tutorial or something helpful or an interesting fact. Um, people love learning. Like mm. TikTok is a very learn-focused place, so not being afraid to give people something of value. Um, and identify, I guess, like what what they actually resonate with. Like my audience would ask me for more, more, more of the things that they liked and to pay attention to those people and, what, and what listen do you, to them. What do your audience request most? They want me to dunk on more people. Um, really, the yeah. roastings, yeah. the dunkings. Um, is that is there a series? Have you got a little yeah series for that yet? Yeah, so I, dunks. all your favorite artists or authors that are actually like real, oh, okay. real garbage people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of those. I honestly like. I have steered my channel away from that just because it's very depressing <laughs> to research people who Too are criminals or horrific racists or what. You know, I just didn't want to do that. So um, while it was a great way to spark conversation you know whatever um now i've kind of tailored things the hard way is being uplifting and and helpful and more how i would be in real life mm. i guess though i do dunk on people in real life too yeah, yeah. that's good i mean yeah. i think it's good to bring people down a peg or two <laughs> yeah. every now and then um and when you're what i want to ask you is about kind of creative block yeah so i can imagine when you were having to constantly create as a, a pressure which I, I guess would affect the kind of creative process but work as well like when you've got a difficult brief what's your go-to process to kind of unblock that creativity Ooh. uh i just like to to talk about it i'll have the most like i'll just you know buy the coffee machine talking to someone and and that'll unlock something um, well, so you just hang out there and wait for someone to come Yeah, I drink a lot of coffee, <laughs> so that that's pretty good. Um, sketching it out, like talking to the customer, like often we're we're so used to now to co corresponding through email and Slack and and quite short interactions that um, again, like talking about the face to face stuff, like just getting on a call and be like being brave enough to ask a question, especially when you're in a you know I'm in a role to service a customer or to deliver something, and being humble enough to be like. I'm struggling with how we get you there. How did, you know, can you tell me Quite more well about it? Yeah. yeah, like all of those things. I think, you know, design like wrinkles can be ironed out. You know, you can always find a different way to lay something out. You can always find a different way to finesse a process. It's a lot of process stuff. We're software, you know, plus talent. And so it's a lot of how do we make handovers more smooth? How do we, you know, communicate more effectively? And so a lot of my like creative struggles are like, easy breezy compared to these big ones that are like, how do we prevent people from getting like smushed between the cogs of, of our process? Right. But when you're, so when you were, you know, creating your TikToks, mm -hmm. you couldn't have those coffee machine moments, I guess. Yeah. Was there a, a process or, you know, do some star jumps or <laughs> read something, go, go elsewhere, look elsewhere. I did watch a lot of TikToks and a lot of content to see what other people were doing, but that also, that didn't ever directly inform what I was doing or what I wanted to do. Um, I would just, I guess, put myself in the more of like the audience's seat and be like, what, what am I getting frustrated by? What am I confused by about the world now? And mm. wh what would I want to, I guess, yeah, it's one of those things like, you know, shower thoughts, walking the dog, going to the grocery store. Every time I was like out with my husband being like, why do they do that? And then I was like, that's a TikTok. It's a very like Larry David way to go about content creation. Right. And then I guess once you've 
get in that rhythm and it becomes a habit. Yeah. So then you're just constantly thinking or it just like. That's yeah, a, it's a, a it's a creative muscle you have to exercise. And so at the beginning, I was doing a very like formulaic approach to it. And then by the time I kind of got in a groove, I was just finding things I wanted to talk about more organically. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's very much like being able to see or hear stuff in a little bit of a different context. So it's so interesting just hearing hearing that story from kind of deciding to try it to where you are now. What would you say has been the kind of the biggest learning that you've been able to take from that and apply kind of elsewhere in your kind of creative life or career? Yeah. Um, you, if you want to be good at anything, you have to humble yourself and really commit to learning it. Even things like my, my now aged, you know, 32 year old brain. Um, I had to learn how to use the TikTok UI that was very native feeling to a lot of other folks. Um, and so like, if you commit the amount of time to do things, you really can learn it. And mm. so I try to remind myself of that when I'm learning a new set of tools or getting to know a new customer, or a new way of working. I'm just like, you can learn a new thing. And it gets harder the older we get and the more stuff is crammed in our brains. Like I can name all the Pokemon. I can't do long division anymore. You know, and you have to like make space <laughs> in yeah. your brain. Yeah, um, and sounds I'm like just, you prioritize the right things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, only only the most critical yeah. topics. Um, but yeah, just like now as a manager, I'm, I'm doing things like um, figuring out our rate card and, and breaking down what our margin should be. I didn't have to do that mm. for a really long time. And so I'm just like taking a little bit of a deep breath and being like, you have to learn a new thing now and you're going to do it and it's going to be okay. We'll get there. Yeah. Put the work in, put the hours in. Can't shortcut it. Yeah. Yet. Yet. <laughs> I use every shortcut that there is, but, um, but yeah, yeah, not all of it. Great. Favorite shortcut? Oh, um, I mean, YouTube tutorials of just how to, yeah. Yeah. If you can ask the question, there is a YouTube tutorial of, of some per person showing yeah, you how to do I it. Yeah, I love that. I mean, when when I was starting, well, I still use YouTube tutorials all the time, whatever it is I'm trying to learn. But um, I mean, starting Bear Jam 10, 11 years ago, having to like do edits on my own. <sighs> yeah. I mean, just going back to that point about, you know, find work with people that are better than you, like editing was not my strong point. And yeah, getting people that knew what they were doing and didn't need to just check YouTube all the time was <laughs> oh, really? a, a huge step forward. What brands would you say are killing it Ooh. on TikTok? On TikTok? I mean, Duolingo's everyone's favorite. Um, they just have such an ownable presence. You know, they've created an influencer and this influencer is a, a large, fuzzy green owl love that um and they're also not afraid to be kind of menacing about it like the the joke of like the duolingo owl like texting you and being like you up you know you better study spanish and like <laughs> you know they're not afraid to lean into what some might say is a criticism of the app experience um and being like you know the owl yeah. puts his head into frame and is like threatening you at a window so i think they're really brave in that way but they've also cracked something that is like I see it instantly. Uh, that that first couple of seconds of kind of recognizability is critical on TikTok. So um, I'm sure some people start swiping when they see my face. Some people will stop to listen. And so having that like instantaneously recognizable thing is great. Um, I mean, like the beauty industry obviously does really well on TikTok. Fashion does really well. That's just because they have a visual product and, you know, and they've got a huge community that they mm. can tap into. Um, I really love dating apps on TikTok. Okay. I think they, they're so native to the 
community and the experience that they right. do a great job. Um, Tinder, Hinge, um, yeah, they've all done a really good job of, of cross-creating or trans-creating um, multi-platform campaigns. So the, the tube ads into something that also works on TikTok and, you know, their, their long-form um, 16 by 9 videos into 9 by 16s and they do a great job. That's good because that, that's never easy, is it? It's very hard. When you're trying to... Yeah. And it's, you know, it's often something we advise people just against. Like, if you've created it here for here, don't try and, like, yeah. cram it in over here it's with a different wild. aspect ratio for a different audience yeah. on a different platform. But, Even um, um, movie trailers, like, movie trailers are having to use TikTok techniques, which I'm sure kills souls of some people working on those films. <laughs> They've had to use TikTok techniques to do trailers that will work on TikTok because it even right, a vertically okay. cut one yeah. won't necessarily work in the original yeah. shape of story. So I saw one um, where instead of the cool like professional voiceover or just using audio from the film, they used the TikTok native text to speech to set up a bit within the film that was in the trailer and like just oh, recraft okay. yeah. it as content, which was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. I haven't, I haven't actually seen any. I mean, I'm not. On TikTok that much, you to be gotta, honest. Not yeah. yet. You got to scroll so long that TikTok actually gives you a little screen that's like, hey, go outside. Oh, really? Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've not hit that yet. <laughs> yeah. Once you hit that, I think, yeah, you, yeah. you've you've yeah. reached it. The Julinga Owl pops in. Yeah. <laughs> Get outside. Yeah, you need some fresh air, James. And then Sarah Dunks, who's getting it wrong? Oh, who's Brands. getting it wrong? Anyone that um, you've seen on TikTok and you're like, guys, come on. If you don't respect the UI and the frame of TikTok, so they have that unique L-shaped UI, and if your critical elements, if you have like a CTA button that's, if you've, if you've repurposed like an Instagram story ad, for example, into the kind of opposite UI, um, which is TikToks, and it's all cut off, get out of here. You're out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, banned from the app. It's one, of, it's one of the most important things I do with my customers is just make sure that they're designing for the right formats. Um, because it's really easy to just be like, yeah, vertical video. It's mm. everyone's doing vertical video. It's yeah. the most populous yeah. format, but within that, there's so much nuance. And you know, ev like na if you're trying to make something native, especially something that looks like content on Snapchat or TikTok or whatever, and you use the wrong default font, they will clock it. Like you know, keen users of the app will clock it, and they'll be like, fake. You right. know, it's like a, it's like what? the equivalent of when you Google like a transparent PNG, and it's got the little checkerboard behind it. Oh, still, yeah. I'm just like. Yeah, no. it's a special place for those yeah. people who have <laughs> yeah. uploaded that. Again, I call know. me out. <laughs> so um, I'm going to pretend like I know what you're talking about because mm -hmm. it's my job to know, but just talk me through that L shape. Yeah, thing. so TikTok has the side panel for, what is it? Um, like, comment, share. And then yeah. on the bottom module, they've got the expanding caption and then they've got the, the section for the music um, or the audio for the video. Um, whereas Instagram stories has a kind of head and tail, they have a, whatever it is, like 50 or 150 pixel at the top and bottom for their UI, um, which makes sense because um, Instagram stories is very visual and so they don't want to put any clutter. Mm. Whereas TikTok has designed an experience that's very much focused on interaction, which I think is really smart. Um, and now uh, Reels, so Instagram Reels or Meta Reels has adopted that L-shape um, UI for that product as well. Um, so now on the internet, there are basically two sets of safe zones. Um, so if a brand is looking to make vertical video content, they should produce it aware of both sets. Um, we have a lot of chat about yeah. type, types of safe, safe zones because, you know, 
it's just you've got the content, then you've got the subtitles, mm-hmm. then you've got your safe zone. It's like, okay, where's the vi- where's the actual where's wh- the what video? Are we looking at? Where's yeah. the video? And also like TikTok's native um, captions are in white. So I've seen brands do a beautiful like all white scene. Oh, you okay. can't read the brand name or the caption. Which you can if you tap into it, yeah. but who's gonna do that? Or they so. put their own captions on and then the platform puts the captions on yeah. the captions. And it's rough. It's like, and you you have to caption your stuff. Yeah. Like, very few reasons not to. And so you're saying you have to caption it in the right font as well? If you want to look native. Uh, okay. Um, oh, so if you're just leaning into your own branding, fine. But. Yeah, like I don't mind TikTok ads that look like ads. I'd rather see an ad that looks hmm. like a, you know, in the graphic design world or the the visual design world of the brand than one that's trying to look like a TikTok but does it poorly. Yeah. Um, research is mixed on that. Um, I think we're very receptive to seeing ads on TikTok because it's part of this entertainment experience as long as the ad is entertaining. Um, some people will tell you like, oh no, you have to design this native looking thing. It's my opinion um, that we are gonna move toward a more polished world of a vertical video and we're gonna see more brand stuff that looks like brand stuff. Okay. And that is a great kind of plug for Bear Jam who make polished Hell yeah. <laughs> branded content. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's an interesting debate around or not even debate, but you know, should it be polished? Should it be kind of UGC feeling? Mm. What's right? What's right for the brand? What's right for the channel? What's right for the audience? I don't know if there is a, a definitive answer because yeah. it kind of depends on so many variables what's your well i guess your point of view is this we're going to see more i think we're going to see more brand stuff yeah the the most important thing is to show up in these channels in any way that you can so like even if it's a cut down of your tv commercial and you know that that maybe that's not recommended for this niche or whatever just do it anyway better than nothing because if you're not on tiktok or if you're not on these channels you don't exist to a certain you know there's incrementality at play but like you don't exist to those people. You could be the world's most famous brand for a category. And if you don't show up there, you're not front of mind for those audiences. And so you have to show up. And then I think if I had a bazillion dollars of marketing budget, I would allocate some to paid ads that look and feel like my brand that show off my product in the best possible, most beautiful way. I think good product shots and good storytelling still really matters and that people are receptive to that. But then I would also allocate some funds to content creators who could really take my brief and run with it, bring their own spin, speak authentically and in a way that's off the cuff and you know feels whatever, even a little bit, I don't know, off brand book or right. or you yeah. know that feels raw enough in their perspective that yeah. that's really believable. Which brands brand managers have to be quite brave to hand that over. Yeah. Have um, have the brands been knocking at your door? Yeah, yeah. I work As with in, on your your TikTok. Oh, channel. for me personally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I assume I assume they come to you smartly. Yeah, like, yeah. They. Hey, sorry, can you help they, us out? Yeah, they love me there. Yeah. Um, for my channel, I've gotten a few brand offers and things, but I've I've chosen to just not not do it because yeah. um I think I think maybe if my very favorite, I don't know, cereal or vodka or something approached me and I'd be yeah. like, yeah. I'll just you want to do a collaboration with vodka and cereal. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like a, it's called it's like a breakfast treat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why those are the two things. <laughs> cool. Yeah. She's she's it's, you know it's Friday. However you start your day, she's put your a, dress on inside. She's out. So wow, this I'm really painting a picture. 
<laughs> something here. Yeah. Um, Every morning. Yeah, I think if it really, really resonated with me, yeah. I'd do it. But um, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not looking for it. Yeah, I'm really seeing this kind of like morning routine piece. Yeah. With the vodka. And the the vodka. Like, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Okay. That's a, t- that's a TikTok. That's a TikTok. I'm saying it tomorrow. That's a new food trend. Weekend. You'll see that on CNN when. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah. Vodka cereal. <laughs> So my close up, yeah. Look at cereal, heard it here first. If I wanted to become a TikToker, Hmm. content creator, um, other than having to create five TikToks a day, what would you recommend? You personally? Yeah. What as opposed to Bear Jam? Yeah. Uh, Let's go. Or, I mean, you as someone who makes video content and is an expert in this field. Good question. What's going to be best for the audience watching this? Probably like personal, like personal okay. brand kind of thing. I would uh, like make a list of the the three things you in your life in whatever that you uh, really are passionate about that you know you won't get sick of. Okay. Um, that you have a lot to say about. Yeah. Um, and that probably that you have access to in kind of real life in some way. So if it's like cooking or cycling or your dog or you know. Yeah. Something ideally, it's visual, and then just go down that that yeah. route. Okay. Um, yeah, speak authentically and knowledgeably about things because inevitably someone will call you out and say, yeah. "Actually, you're boiling your pasta wrong," or you know whatever, <laughs> um, and and go down that route and yeah, do it in a way that feels that your enthusiasm will come through mm. for it um, because yeah, no one wants to ha- watch someone and be bored. Um, so, yeah, so you have to find something that yeah, yeah <laughs> you have to find something that you yeah are genuinely excited about that you know a lot about that you you know if someone put you on the spot you could speak for like an hour on it yeah okay yeah. god what would that be alright leave it with me I, I believe in think. you in terms of creative minds so hopefully when I invited you on thanks again for coming you kind of checked out some of the previous episodes what advice have you got to make better you know improve creative minds as a as a as a concept maybe the cut downs we do some tips for me as a host i'm kind of learning as i go here this is great i I like the free-flowing conversation i think it's i think it's really good yeah i mean the you gotta get you gotta get these guys on on the tiktok who the just oh just just ever just get them to tick it tick and or talk um as much as possible um yeah you could do some jazzy audio. You could okay. repurpose audio from the podcast to use as TikTok sounds. Right, okay. Um, that would be fun. So if, if someone was like, that's just me, I got my dress inside out, and that's a good audio. You could take that, put it on TikTok, and then other yeah. people, you know. It fascinates me when people are reusing the audio. So they've learned these sometimes reasonably long yeah. scripts that they're then able to just parrot back perfectly. That's amazing. What's yeah. the technique there? They're just... You, learning it getting it wrong obviously only post it when they get it right yeah you can do that you can also put the audio on like a slight time delay so that you're kind of like mouthing a beat behind um there are new tools now that give you like um uh like a, a reader like a teleprompter um okay. so that that's handy too but just to get the emotion and the timing you just have to know it as yeah. if it were your favorite song yeah and yeah. i guess it's the good ones that you see because they're the ones that people are watching yeah 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 i feel like i would be pretty terrible at that it's i i that's not a category i do very often because i'm just like no one wants to see me yeah. acting yeah. you know <laughs> doing my my famous mime work yeah yeah, no. yeah 
Um, okay, right. Let me just double check these notes because as you say, it's been free flowing and I never... <laughs> a, I think my learning is going to be I need to take notes as I go because you say things and I want to let you finish and then it's like, hard though. And then I forget and then we've moved on and I've missed the, the best stuff. Um, I know we've done a lot on TikTok and I've, hopefully that will be interesting. I'm sure it will be. Okay, so I've got a question about staying up to date with emerging trends, but I guess like trends in general. Oh, yeah. Like outside of just TikTok, it's it's fast these days. Super fast. And, and brands don't always aren't, aren't always able to move fast, and it can be cringe if like a brand yeah. tries to jump on a trend, yeah, yeah. they get it wrong, they're late, or it's kind of not quite right for their audience. Like what what would you what's your point of view on brands using trends? I would say like look for macro trends rather than micro ones because again like. Not all brands can get, you know, can get a script approved, shoot it, mm. put it, or, you know, even just mock something up and, and put it out quickly and get it approved, um, you know, in the space of, you know, 48 hours or however yeah. long. When a royal dies, I can't. Get, yeah, can't sprinting up the stairs to get my yeah. ring light. Um, <laughs> well, scenes in my apartment yeah. that day. Um, but yeah, look for, look for macro trends. So we're seeing a lot of things like, uh, you know, remixing and, and editing, um, video in video, um, Things like uh, the kind of VHS or like vintage textures, kind of retro trends. Yeah. Those kinds of things that you're seeing more than a few examples of, just be brave and do those because, mm. um, yeah, you'll see them. And then all, also looking for things that you know are going to be a bit more evergreen, like um, RIP the dog with no bones. The You know, the, you that? see the um, there's a, there was a great a pug, an elderly pug, and this guy would get him up every morning. Um, and it was like, is it going to be a bones day or a no bones day? And if the pug flopped over, it was a no bones okay, day. Okay, I have to look that yeah. up. I haven't seen that. He's sadly passed away now oh. with this pug, but or they, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like things that you know, like this guy has a whole channel, one series, one line. And mm. so, you know, that's going to be alive for a while. So yeah. Or the um, everybody's so creative lady. She critiques people's recipes where they just add too much cheese to things and they make these like big sloppy American casseroles. And she's like, oh, no, everybody's so creative. Just put more cheese in there, I guess. And the like looking for those kinds of things are, are more sticky ways to to get on a trend without kind of putting yourself out there. OK. In, in too risky of a way. Maybe that's my maybe that's my route in. Macro trends Macro or too much trends. cheese. Too, well, yeah, too much something in. <laughs> I mean, hopefully I'm a bit of an expert in video production, so maybe I could critique people's. That's being an expert. I'm that not much of a, you know, I'm a kind of glass half full. Well, maybe I'll do that then. Well, a bit more positive. Yeah, you could do a, you could do a really funny one of like affirming comments about obviously terrible <laughs> video production work. Yeah, because there's yeah, there's a lot of you know questionable video production on social channels which is yeah. no bad thing we have people just getting their stuff out there and the main thing is to be out there um, and it takes some bravery so I wouldn't want to be like your audio is terrible yeah the light's wrong but you know maybe something you can be gent I've seen some really good like gentle expertise ones there's okay. a, a woman that um, she will redraw um, like her subscribers art so they'll submit like a what definitely looks like you know teenage yeah. you know, emo drawings or whatever. Okay. And she'll redraw it so that the characters have more form or they have more movement. And she'll talk through like the techniques she's using. So you could definitely be okay, like, you yeah. know, you did a smash cut to this, whatever. Uh, let me, Here's what I let me show you. Yeah, let me okay. show you. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'll try and have a think and then 
five a day. Five a day. <laughs> Luckily, yeah. there's enough fodder for that. You're never going to run out. That's of, true. Of yeah. Terrible. I just got to. Yeah. I just got to. You had a great way of phrasing it earlier, and at the time I was like, "There's a soundbite in there. It's about like flexing the muscle." Oh yeah. 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 I guess I've just got to. So yeah. Get those guns flexing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Suns out, guns so out. Well, so well. So well known for. <laughs> Um, you just had a little glance at the gun show I there. did, yeah, yeah, well done. Like that. Um, I guess on that bombshell, maybe it's time to wrap it up. Oh, man. Um, anything you wanted to say that I haven't asked you? Or did you think, oh, maybe James is going to ask me this and I've got a really good answer ready to go? Gosh, not too much. We've we've covered so many things. I would say if, if someone has a brand and they want to uh, reach more people, engage with them in a more effective way, learn from what's working and what's not and learn from experts. They should definitely call you, call me, get your video production game together, (laughs) run some really beautiful, helpful, entertaining ads, make the world of advertising better and less annoying. Then uh, I think we would be good people to call for that. You've got to call on those creative minds. Gotta get those creative minds. (laughs) Uh, I feel like that's the perfect ending, isn't it? (laughs) Beautiful stuff. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.